All right, Bernie, we are all set for episode. I think I got this right. I actually had to, to type it in to be able to get on uh, our platform here. This is episode seven already, right? Is it really? Yeah, I think it is. I think I think Stormy last week was number six. And That's Matt crazy. and I, who we're going to talk to you today, the GOAT. Um, I crazy. think I got the right. I think, it's, I think it's seven already. That's nuts. Oh, by the way, our little intro yeah. there, you know, yeah. our little intro. I love how, you know, Jeff McCarriger standing there looking regal, you know, doing his announcer thing. And they've got this little shot of me over on the side, kind of nodding my head off. In the no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I like that shot of you because you're sitting there like looking all cool. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's no, right. I'm, I'm the burn. I'm yeah. the burn. <laughs> Seriously. You guys, you got like the glasses going. You're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like it. How you doing? You doing okay? Yeah, man. Just uh, got back a couple of days ago from our trip out to uh, Arlington, Texas, for our last collegiate stop on our co ACL college tour. Really bummed, actually, though. And we'll talk more about it with Matt Guy here in a few minutes, our guest. But uh, that would seem like it was as close to a national as a tournament can be without being a national. Uh, yeah. Virginia Beach. That was that was insane. Yeah, I, I watched uh, this week's around the ACL with Anthony and Michelle and Trey. By the way, for those of you who have not watched um, around the ACL, I'm assuming most of you have, it's a great program. They do such a good job. They killed it this week. Um, I, I was working all weekend. Um, by the way, we just need to have kind of a bitch fest here to start before. Let's do it. I had a, I had a shitty game. You know, I mean, every, I mean, pe yeah. people sometimes will, will ask me, you know, have you ever had a bad broadcast? Yeah, last night I had a shitty broadcast. Yeah. I'll be the first one to admit it. We can talk about it. But, yeah, going back to uh, – Going back to Virginia Beach, it sounds like it was just just an incredible scene, and I feel right? bad for Matt. I feel bad for Matt because he lost there at the end, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, Alex Hicks is just gonna be a stud. He's gonna be a superstar. Man, imagine but, what happens what when he hits puberty, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Lord. He's not even a teenager yet. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. By the way, all right. I guess we need to clarify real quick because what I found, Bernie, is that we're actually getting a lot of people listening who who don't necessarily know the ins and outs of the game. So we'll talk sure. more about it later. But Alex Hicks, so, so Matt Guy, who we're going to talk to today, is is known as the greatest of all time in the sport of cornhole. Terrific guy, great story. We'll talk to him and and uh, spend some time with him, have some laughs. And then uh, all of a sudden, there's this kid, Alex Hicks, yep. 12 years old. That's right, 12 years old. We'll talk about him more later. Who comes into Virginia Beach, probably the biggest event uh, so, so far of the season, right? For sure. Uh, best talent. And sure enough, it gets down to the finals between uh, Matt Guy and I think I think uh, Anthony called him Baby Goat. Baby Goat. And uh, and Alex ended up winning it, so, but crazy. All right, yeah. all right. So before we get started with, with Matt, so bitch fast here real quick. Yeah, do it. So you're, you're what, you want me to go first or you want to go first in your uh, travel? Because I know, I know, I know you here, and Mike have been like all over the country. Here, here's the thing. You know, I, I kind of got off the road within this last year. Right. Like I'd, I'd been with Mike, Michael Kane, Ghostfinger, for those of you that do know, and for those of you that don't, handles a, a really large portion of our driving along with Josh Keck to get infrastructure to and from events. And I think sometimes people forget, you know, because everyone flies back or fly, you know, they, they're back, you know, their week's already started. They're into their week, right? They're going on, hey, we're into something new. You're not done till you're home mm -hmm. from those events. You know, driving, we have a pretty big country. Things aren't just right around the corner. If you're going to Arlington, which is the west side of Dallas, Texas, you're a long way from Charlotte, North Carolina. You're a long way. 
away. You're half, you know, over half the country away. And, you know, we, we jumped on a meeting today and it's just, I don't, I don't think they were doing anything obviously mean spirited, but they're like, you know, Hey, we need to get this stuff mailed out. You know, when, when can that happen? You know, probably should have been done yesterday. It's like, he's not back yet. He just got back into town. Yeah. You know, those things don't just magically appear, you know? And I, and I think sometimes people forget that, that we're on the road and, you know, and it's not safe. You know, we had just in our little drive back from Arlington with the weather, we had a couple of incidents that could have, could have been bad. You know, really, you have to hit the like, slam like on the brakes. You got it. Yeah, you got a trailer. You know, things don't stop like a car, and you've got cars that try to come in thinking that you can break like a car, and you can't. You don't have the space. And we had a couple of near misses, you know, but you're driving for those kind of trips. If you want to make it in two days, those are long hauls, man. Because those, you know, those, with the trailer on, you're not going 80. Yeah. You know, especially up hills. I mean, you know, and you're burning through gas. You're stopping every 200 miles to fill up. It's a, it's a, it. It's, it's more it's more to it than just jumping behind the wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And That's the thing. When I, we fly, I, don't, I don't think that he gets enough credit and Josh gets enough credit for, for being on the road. And I did it for a couple of years. It's a grind, man. And then everyone's like, well, why aren't you happy? You're here. It's like, I was just killing myself for two days to get here. I need to, you know, some time to unwind. You guys just jumped off a plane ready to go. You know, there's a big so what difference. What all, what all, like I know Josh, so Josh drives the big box truck, right? Mm -hmm. that, that has all the boards in it. Right. So those boards, like like those boards, like you're saying, those boards just don't magically appear at these national events. Right. The board, the boards have to get there. Right. And and then you and Mike, and I know you guys are always coming. You guys were in a truck, I think, for most of the last two summers, right? Yeah, it's Mike's. It's you know, it's it's a company vehicle, but it's Mike's vehicle as well. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you put the trailer on the back. I've driven the box truck several times around the country. And, you know, to be honest, if you're in a new part of the country that, you, that you're not familiar with, it can be a little bit enjoyable because you're seeing the United States the way that most people never really get a chance to. But when, yeah. you know, I've, I've been on I-20 now and I-40 and I-10 way too many times. So none of it's new to me. You know, it's just yeah. another, you know, you just you're at another Love's truck stop. You're at, another, you know what I mean? It's not it's not it's not glamorous by any means. Put it that way. What's the craziest thing you guys have ever run into? Not to put you on the spot. What's the craziest thing? All right. So you've obviously had some dangerous near misses. So that's, that's. Had some, had some really scary terrible. moments. I remember and, one time driving the box. Yeah. Driving the box truck. We hit a windstorm and we hit a crosswind. I don't know. It must've been 60 miles an hour and you could feel. Oh my gosh. The wheels on one side go up when we came around this one turn. Not really. No, no, for real. You oh. could feel it. It was scary. You know, and it was like, wow, that. Yeah. And we got pushed almost. We were in the right lane and there was a wide enough shoulder that there was some room. Thankfully, there were no cars on that shoulder. The wind just pushed, you know, it was just a just a massive gust and it just pushed yeah. us all the way over. And you can't, you know, slam the wheel back or you'll just, you know, flip those things. And it was it was pretty, you know, touch and go wow. there for, you know, those moments last forever in your head. They might last a second in real time. Right. Maybe yeah. two seconds. But there's there's been a few like that near misses and. You know, we've had many breakdowns, tires blown, all that kind of stuff several times. So, you know, pretty lucky, actually, that no one's, yeah. no one's gotten seriously hurt yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mike did lose a finger, but yeah. Other than that. Ah, that that would be the craziest thing. <laughs> Mike losing the tip of his is finger that, in Vegas. Is yeah. that still the, the craziest one? I mean, that's got to be, right? I mean, a man lost part of an appendage. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, that, yeah. that's, like, yeah, that's right. like one of my favorite movies is The Hangover. Like, that's something like out of The Hangover. <laughs> well, I think it explains a lot of why he lost his finger. Yeah. But, you know, just not paying attention, doing something. You ever meet any just random scary people on the side of the road? 
we blew a tire one time in Arizona. Oh boy. And we just, just pulled out the middle off of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. And by sheer luck, the exit that was right there in front of us, there happened to be a tractor trailer repair place. Oh, nice. So they had tires of all types for different trailers. And like, I mean, could not have been luckier, really. Yeah. And this guy, this guy was, you know, probably three, four inches shorter than me, which makes him really short. And, you know, had his firearm on his side. And I think his name was like Squirrel or something. And he was just, he was so happy to see another human being. I think he fixed our tire and got us on our way for like $15. Wow. I kid you not. He was just like, I, I hadn't seen anybody for three days. I mean, it was the weirdest thing oh my ever. Gosh. And, you know, and you're looking at him and it's like, this man has a loaded firearm. Yeah, we're, we're surely going to die. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to steal the truck and, <laughs> yeah. no one, and no one will ever find it. It ended up being the greatest guy ever because we paid $15. <laughs> we gave him some ACL t-shirts. We're like, thanks, man. And we were yeah. on our way. Later. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that was a pretty, pretty sketchy dude right there. All right. So you guys were traveling. So you're wrapping, you were wrapping up the college tour, right? Isn't that yep. what you guys were doing? It's done. That, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty cool though. On a positive note, I mean, you guys have been traveling around. I know you and a lot of other people have been traveling around to these big time college football games mm -hmm. and promoting the sport. And I am, I'm super pumped for, yeah. uh, for uh, not Virginia beach for Myrtle beach yeah. coming up uh, New Year's uh, Eve yeah. weekend because 29th through the, the, la the, the last two years, you know, for me, it was kind of the coming out party for Austin uh, slow bomb two years ago. Right. And then last year, when it came down to NC State and Auburn, and Auburn actually had fans that they brought in. Oh yeah, um, you know that actually made the drive up once they found out that that the Tigers were in the in the championship. This college thing's getting big. That was awesome last year. I think it's a couple years away from being impressive. Yeah, you know it's been baby steps and kind of a incremental climb, if you will. I yeah. think we're I think we're a year away from being better than we have been, and we're two years away from being really cool. Now that IMG, Learfield IMG College is involved now, and it looks like that partnership is going to go into the future. I think I think college is ready to kind of blow up. And, you know, it's been a slow grind. You know, we've, we've taken some steps, you know, with our college council and a few other things. But I think I think it's ready now to really kind of rocket forward. So that that has all been worth it. Yeah, it was really eye opening to me last year, talking to some of the big programs like um, and I can't remember their names now, but but I remember talking to a couple of guys from Colorado. And yeah. man, they've got they've got a ton of people. Yeah, Matthew that are, that, are, he, that are in their their club or in their you know. Yeah. In the, he's a, he's the president. He's the president of that club, Matthew Lineman, and he's also the yes. president of our college council. And right. you know, he's gonna he's actually in graduate school now, so he's kind of got to give over the reins. So we're about to have our first turnover, if you will, on the council. So that should be interesting. It looks like Texas A and M is taking a big leap in cornhole. There's quite a few kids right. out in that area playing. There's kids playing everywhere, right? But it seems yeah. like there's certain schools where kids are really getting invested and really, you know, really trying to become players and, and know that this this is kind of a vehicle to that next level. This is the first yeah. time they can maybe get on television to go to that next level because they know if they take that plunge and become pros, if they qualify, it's going to be a grind to get to the level where the top pros are, where you see them week after week. Yeah. I, uh, it was two years ago. Um, cause since I do a lot of the, the games at coastal Carolina, the athletic director two years ago, after we had that event in Myrtle beach, he said, man, he said, you have no idea the trouble that you got me into. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He said the president of the university just happened watching ESPN and saw that the college cornhole championships were in Myrtle beach. Yep. And he instantly called me 
This is the AD talking to me. He's like, yeah. he instantly called me and said, why the hell do we not have a team down the road of the college? Do you know, and, and the funny thing about that is, you know how many times we contacted them saying, hey, you know, I, I think that there, people don't read, like in our sport, people think that, you know, we've taken these giant leaps forward into the public lexicon, right? Yeah. We called them several times like, hey, we're going to be in your backyard. You guys need to be involved. And it's as if they thought we were some sort of prank caller. You know, that's amazing because it's right there. It's, it's right I mean, they're there. in Conway, which is which is 20, 25 minutes away. You know, and you tell them, you tell them you're on ESPN, you tell them you're on, you know, CBS, you tell them they're on other networks. And it's as if they're just so used to being bombarded with sales calls and, you know, yeah. all this other stuff. They just it, it goes in one ear and out the other. They're not really paying attention. Hopefully now, like you're saying, like the president seeing that on TV, you know, people are people are weary now. And that's why I think the Learfield IMG partnership, because they're they're in they're on every campus in the country for the most part. You know, yeah. for every broadcast, you know, around the country, it's usually a Learfield IMG you know, broadcast. So it's those those inroads have been we've we've dug we've dug our way there. Now it's time to really climb that mountain. I think we have. I think we're I think we're on our way. Yeah, well, last year was amazing. Again, I mean, I don't know if it was just because it was two bigger schools. You know, it was it was Auburn and NC State. If that if that's what it was, but but I do love for those who don't know. Again, for those maybe watching the podcast for the first time, that any I mean, as long as you whether it's a two year school or four year school, yeah. you can compete. So Absolutely. you can you can you can be at a two year tech school and and you can compete against Alabama and win the national championship. And yeah. I love that. And no, no other sport's going to give you that option. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The one thing, like we've, we've had a lot, it's funny, we've actually had a lot of people in graduate school reach out to us. And that's the one thing where we haven't quite gotten it. You know, we've, we've kept yeah. it undergrad only. So we've, we've bummed out some graduate students that can't play. But, you know, it's, it's I don't know, I mean, it's awesome, right? I mean, we, yeah, I love it too. We, we already have this pro version of the sport that people are used to seeing. I mean, why not? Why not give those kids? And what we tell a lot of those schools that aren't, you know, the power five schools, like when else are you going to be on ESPN? You know, that's not a huge selling yeah. point to Georgia and Alabama. You know, they're, they're like, well, our programs are always on television. It's not a big deal. But Montclair State or UVA Wise, where, mm -hmm. you know, those other, you know, like, those, that's a huge selling point. Jacksonville State, winners of our first, uh, yes. in, you know, in Triple C. Yeah. I mean, schools like that love it. They never get that exposure. They absolutely love it. So it's it's pretty cool to see. Well, especially, sure. on e, especially on ESPN. I mean, that's always just, I mean, I don't care who you are. You should always want to be on ESPN. It's free advertising. It's free. You know, the kids wear the gear and the logos and whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's absolutely good. free advertising to, All a, right. to a large market. Is it time? Is it time? Yes, it's time. He's, he's in the green room. He's been sitting there long enough. So time to bring it. We don't want to, we won't, we don't want to make the goat wait too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we are so excited to have Matt guy on. Um, again, for those who don't know, kind of casually follow the sport, he is known as the greatest player in the history of the sport, all-time winningest player. I mean, he's the Tom Brady of our sport. Everyone know, knows this. I, I, I was so happy to finally get a chance to watch him play last year. So please welcome into the show, episode seven, Matt Guy. There hey, he buddy. is. Hey, fellas. What's going on? <laughs> Good to see you. Yes, sir. You I, guys I, too. You guys too. I'm gonna to have to save my story, Bernie, of my uh, of my shitty game, <laughs> Matt. I was just, I was just telling telling Bernie because people come up to me and you know after after you know every once in a while someone will have a bad game they'll come up to me and say, "Do you ever have a, a bad broadcast?" Yeah, happens to us all the time. I had a shitty broadcast last night. I'm telling you, <laughs> I had a bad. Isn't that game called last being night. human? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I needed to do better. I did. I sucked. I absolutely sucked. I, I, I they're called them. It was Coastal Carolina against the Mercer Bears. I called them the Baylor Bears uh, one time. Um, I called Coastal Carolina South Carolina because they had just played South Carolina on Wednesday. There was a guy by the name of Kamar Robertson, and for some reason, I just, I just, I was getting confused on whether it was Roberts or Robertson. Um, it's just one of those games. I mean, I know it just sounds stupid, but another guy's really? last name it looks like Hass, but it was it was Hasse. <laughs> So you had a rough. You know game. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> over the weekend, I over the weekend I missed the mayor mail. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, right? That's rare. That is very rare. <laughs> all right. So all right. So Matt, let's just let's just get right to it because Bernie and I were talking about this at the top. Virginia Beach. Uh, before we before we dive into the X's and O's on it, it sounds like Virginia Beach, Matt, was just an incredible scene, uh, and what a show for the sport. Yeah, it was. I mean. I mean, you could kind of feel the electricity from the people that was there and the just amount of people that was there was, I mean, absolutely awesome, especially for an open, you know, not even a national or, you know, nothing, nothing televised. But the the crowd and just the vibe of being in the building was absolutely awesome. And of course, the the all the pro and non pros over there and man, everybody was playing good. It was it was a heck of a weekend. really was. It was pretty awesome. Right, do, you, do, you, do you feel like the the depth of the talent of the players out there has just grown just exponentially over the last couple of years? Oh, did we lose him, Bernie? Did we lose him? He's frozen in time. Yep, he's frozen in time. Damn, that was a freaking awesome question too. <laughs> but it was I was gonna I was gonna lead that into what happened with. Yeah, with, I was uh, gonna I was gonna ask him what the change has been what, with the light bulb because he's been on fire this year. Yeah, see if we can right, get we'll, him back. We'll give him a minute and see if he see if he comes back or if he if he's out. Um, yeah. All right. So the yeah. So that that shitty game is that isn't that bad? It's pretty bad. I would think that happens though, right? I mean, from time to time. I mean, I, I know that in your world, it's not really allowed to happen, right? Like, don't don't they get like all that? Don't when you do you have an after game broadcast or after after game call? like the day after, or do y'all just not deal with that at all? Like, do you have something with the producers or something like where you have uh, right that? afterwards? Yeah. Right afterwards. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where honestly, you know, it's never, and, and for the players, I'm sure it's the same way. It's never, when you watch it back, it's never as bad as you think it was. Right. And, and, and on the flip side, you're never as good as you think you, you were too. I mean, sometimes you think, wow, sure. I killed that. And you look and you watch, you're like, nah, eh, it's just okay. Well, I can tell you as a fan, I've watched games where the best announcers ever, you have butchered some names, have made. I mean, oh yeah, sometimes, that I mean, but I mean, you know, sometimes when when something like Baylor Bears, like you know, that's just in your head somewhere, and it just kind of creeps in all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, it's in your subconscious. It's something that you know about, and all of a sudden, for no reason, bang, it's right on your lips, and you have no no explanation why it's there. It's just there. Yeah, and it comes out. That happens to me way too often. <laughs> way too often. Like in a normal conversation, talking about something, and I just I mentioned the wrong thing, and I don't remember doing it. Yeah. Like you ever have those? They're like, no, you said this. I'm like, I, I, I yes. Don't think so. And then you watch it back. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, I did say I that. Absolutely did say it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's try it there, again. See if we there can it is. It. All He's right. Let's switch from, switch from my iPad to my phone. Let's see if that works back. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, yeah. So, I was just going to ask you about the depth and what you, I mean, you've been playing this game for a long time. I mean, what, it, it just seems like, and, I, and it's small sample size for me because I've only been a part of this now for two years, but it seems like the depth of the talent has just absolutely exploded 
over the last couple of years? I mean, have you seen this coming for a long time or has it been recent that, that you've noticed it as well? I mean, it's it, the depth really started showing face 2015, 2016, but obviously once it's been on ESPN more, the depth is, you know, we just brought just so many more out of the woodwork and, you know, um, of course you got, you know, the, the younger folks that, you know, coming or in school or just got out of school, you know, they think, man, I can probably just get real good at this and just do this. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, and if I was in their situation, I'd do it too. Absolutely. You know, if I can just throw bags and make a living and be good. Yeah. I'm yeah. all, I'd be all down <laughs> for that. You know, I'm way past that obviously, but, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, man. I mean, so that's just bringing more and more and more to it. Hey man, I've and got better a players. I've got a question for you. Sure. Not that last year was a down year for any other human being, but I would say for Matt Guy, last season may not have been what you were hoping for, especially from a singles perspective. It seems oh, like well, yeah. it seems like a light bulb has gone off. And, and you know, we don't have one of those sports where you've got two or three months in between seasons. There's just a few weeks. And in those few weeks, it seems like a light bulb's gone off. Because I don't think there's any question. You are the dominant player right now in, in the cornhole world again. Like, did, did you just get mad? I mean, what was there a reset button? I mean, how did that all come about for you? Yeah, my wife pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but no, actually, actually it was. I mean, I was going through last year, and, and the way I was stepping and throwing last year, man, it was just, it was just uh, taking a beating on my knees and my back. It really was. It was just my stance and the way I was throwing. You know, them three-day weekends, man, I could hardly walk through the airport to get home. I can't even imagine. Um, so I went to a no-step, and once I went to the no-step, it was physically better on my body to be able to do that, so I just stuck with it all year. Um, again, my PPR, I think, was number one at the end of the yeah, year, so, you know. It's not like I was just sucking. Yeah, yeah. I I played good. I just was not winning tournaments. Right. And then right before the Chicago Open this year, I just went out on my deck one night and was like, man, I haven't tried a step shot in a long time. I'm going to try it. But instead of having the deep knee bend like I used to, I'm pretty much staying straight up. And, man, I just threw really good that night on my deck for about an hour and a half. So me and Brett was on our way to Chicago. And I was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to start off with a step shot this weekend and if i'm sucking i'll abandon it and go back to the no step but i was throwing really good with it wednesday night and you know obviously from you know the numbers from that first open in chicago it clicked and it's been clicking ever since so as long as it's clicking i'm i'm buying yeah. <laughs> well speaking of speaking of the depth of the sport so you were involved for those who don't know and probably, Matt, I mean, from what, from what I've heard so far just in the last couple of days, in one of the most epic matches now in the history of the sport, all of a sudden we talk about depth. And now 12-year-old Alex Hicks comes up. I mean, obviously out of nowhere because he's only 12 years old. I mean, people have obviously known about him for a little while, but sure. just 12 years old. And you had to face off against him in the finals. He would end up finally taking you down there at the very end. But tell me about this match and, and just – uh, apparently it was 47 rounds is what I heard Trey and Anthony talking about. What What is that like for you just to be involved in a match like that against a 12 year old in a sport that has grown so much? I mean, this has got to be just crazy what's going on. 
Yeah, I mean it was, and it was. I mean, it's definitely an instant classic, as they call them, right? I mean, yeah. without a doubt, uh, definitely an instant classic. Just look at the, you know, the hole in percentage, the four bagger percentage, the the total PPR. I mean, it was just uh, a long drawn out battle. But as far as you know, who I was playing it against, honestly, I pay no attention, man. When I get out there, it's me against that board, and I'm just trying to throw. Every bag I throw in the hole, I don't care if it's you or Bernie or Alex next to me. Yeah. My my job is to throw my bags in the hole, and I really don't pay attention who I'm doing it against. It's just a matter of me in that hole, you know, it, and I try yeah. to keep it that way. And, you know, that way, you know, because it, it, the more you put in your mind, the easier it is to let your mind wander and you make mistakes. So, right. again, once the game starts, I try to just me and the board, me and the board, me and the board. That's, that's what I wanted to dive into with you is the mental aspect of, of the sport. And what, I mean, what do you think about Matt when you're out there, when you're competing, whether, whether it's against someone like Alex Hicks, who's 12 or it's against, you know, Damon Dennis, or whether it's against your son, Brett guy, who's one of the greats, what, what is going through your mind when you're competing? Um, again, it's, it's me in the hole. That's my goal was to throw every bag in the hole was my goal. And, um, it's mechanics for me. I mean, I just, I, I run the mechanics through my mind of do this, do this, do this. It's all feel, it's all mechanics. And man, once I get them mechanics rolling, it's, you know, it's, I can pretty much throw them in at will almost. I mean, obviously I'm going to miss, we all do all human, but it's all about mechanics and feel for me. And once I get that right timing and feel going, it's, yeah, it's on. And kudos to Alex because I had my mechanics going and, and everything going. And he was able to, he was able to stay right there and hang with me. And it was just a classic match. I mean, I had five bags. I can remember hanging three fourths of the way in the hole that wouldn't <laughs> fall. And I'm like, are you serious? You know? yeah. But that's, but that's, you know, that's the game of inches, like every other game, game of inches, you know, yeah. and a lot, a lot of games, especially great matches like that come down to, who gets a break and who don't, you know, it just, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's sports. Yeah, you hit that's 51, life. You hit 51 straight. I heard at one point. Did I? So, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you were killing it. And, and, this and I had no idea just... I threw that many in a row. I'm, Cause yeah. I'm just every round, I'm just going through my motions, trying to hit my mechanics. Wow. As someone, as someone that kind of sees the game from the outside in, I'm not, you know, as, as involved as you guys are, you know, as far as players, but I watch, I pay attention. And I would say one of the reasons why you've been able to kind of keep your level at the top of the game is your ability to let a bad round go. There, there's a mental aspect to it that I see. Look, I've seen a lot of really, really talented players that'll have two loose bags in a round. And for some reason, those two loose bags become two rounds later, they've given up seven, nine points. And yeah. then they kind of refocus and get back in it. I think your ability to kind of stay within your – I mean, you get mad. Matt guy oh. gets mad. I've seen oh, Matt get mad. Matt guy gets real <laughs> mad at Matt guy. <laughs> but your ability to say, all right, I mean, I guess you can almost see you shake your head and say, all right, next round. Yep. You can't do anything about those bags. Let it go. And yep. obviously that's something you've learned over the years. You know, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but Matt guy is a very accomplished horseshoe player. You know, and I, I actually have, did. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wonder if, you know, just playing those types of games for year after year, year after year, you yeah. just kind of learn. Like, you can't let one bad bag become five no. bad bags. No, you cannot. You know, like, you know, if the hole's blocked and I go for an airmail and miss it, you know, 
the first I'm like, ah, you know, I, I missed a shot, but I can't worry about it on my next shot. You'll see me shoot right at right for that air, same airmail again, next bag. Absolutely. And so I, mean, going I back think to there's the, a lesson. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, go ahead, Bernie. Go ahead. No, I was just I think there's a lesson there. I mean, I think there's a lesson because I can I don't I don't I'm not gonna say any names, but these are top players I'm talking about. And I'm talking top 10, top 15 players that from a talent perspective are as good as anyone, but they still get so angry with themselves for a bad bag here or there that it takes them two or three rounds to get back. And I think, you know, if they could learn and watch from Matt that, you know, yeah, bad rounds happen. Like you said, human being going to happen, but you can't let one bad round become two bad rounds. No. And if you don't want to say their names, I will, Bernie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Matt, you were talking about when, you know, you're just trying to stay locked in and literally trying to throw every bag in the hole and your focus on your mechanics. When do outside distractions, i.e. crowd noise, broadcaster interference, whatever, <laughs> when, when does that start to become a distraction for you or does it? Um, you know, there was a little time a couple of years ago where, yeah, some of that I was letting get into my head. And that's kind of why um, I started wearing earbuds. Like, yeah, you know what? I see all these young guys doing it, and you know, I'm sure they're not listening to what I want to listen to. But you know, I'm playing my my '80s hard rock, Judas Priest, Tesla, Motley Crue, and just drown drowning it all out. And I truly think that does help me focus on just that round and that board. And yeah, it really does. What What do you feel like you have to do better? to come up with more singles championships at, at some of these nationals, because like, like we've talked about it and you get frustrated with it. You and I've talked about it after you, after you've lost on those, on those uh, big matches. What do you feel? I mean, is that a, obviously it's a goal of yours to win this year. What, but is there a goal of yours? Will you do something specifically different uh, on, on those, you know, for those opportunities? Yeah. I drink twice as much Bud Light. Yeah. Yes, good plan. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> No, I mean, and again, it's just a matter of, you know, clicking. If I keep throwing the way I've thrown in these first three opens, I mean, good luck, everybody else. I might get knocked off here and there, but I mean, you know, um, I was over 11 PPR the first two times and I was just under it this time. So come get me. Good luck if I keep that up, but, but I got to keep that up, but I got to keep that up, you know? All right. I've got a question and I'm sure you get asked this all the time. But it's a two-part question about Brett. A, how difficult difficult is it to play against Brett? And B, do you get more nervous when you're playing or watching Brett play? Oh, easy answer to part two is watching <laughs> Brett play. Just it literally drives me up a wall. <laughs> I, I I have a hard time watching him play. I really do. I truly have a hard time watching him play because I'm just I get so yeah. emotionally involved in it. I, I really do, but. Now, as far as playing against him, it's easy because I'm in the match, so I'm getting my own mindset. Right. Again, we'll hug and do our little two-sweep before the game, and then it's me against that board. You know, it, he's not there. It's me against that board yeah. once I'm out there playing myself. But to sit on the outside and just watch him play is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Gotta, it's tough. Be brutal. It is tough. What is that that you guys do? What did you just call that? The two-sweep? What is that? Two-sweep, yeah. We're old wrestling fans back uh, in the – Back in the day when there was WCW and WWE and the NWO started throwing the, the two sweet <laughs> thing, we always liked it. So we just started doing it ourselves. What the heck? That's awesome. <laughs>
Did you? He even did you got. Ever... He, he just got the tattoo on his leg. The too sweet. He <laughs> just got it right? on his leg last week. <laughs> yeah, well, so we're gonna have him on one of these weeks, so we'll have him show it. Yeah. Show it oh yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you ever imagine that that he would follow in your footstep footsteps, so to speak? Yeah, because he started when he was like eleven. You know, he was say, hey, "Dad, can I start throwing with you?" Like, sure, buddy. You know, and yeah. So I mean, obviously, and he was. I could see natural ability early with him, but you know, it took him four to five years before I said, all right, you're good enough to come be my partner now. Let's rock. You know, cause I, yeah. I told him when he started, Hey, you know, I'd love to throw with you, but I need you at this level. So you got to get there. Yeah. And that's back when, you know, we weren't playing every week. We were playing once or twice a month, you know, back then. So it ain't like we were practicing all the time. But I mean, it was once or twice a month. So it, it took him a while, but, we would go, and we if we would go practice, I'd be like, you ain't scoring, dude. I ain't going to let you score a point. Unless you earn it. Unless you earn it, you ain't scoring. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you ever let him win. No. Oh, oh hell no. no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hey, Matt, Matt, who is – I mean, outside of Brett, you don't – I mean, I know like you just said you get so focused on the boards, and it's just you win the board. But is there a player that you enjoy playing against – and is there a player you really don't like playing against? Or, or can nah, you answer I mean, that question without nobody? Uh, no, nobody in particular. I mean, really, nobody in particular. Yeah. There's nobody I can really say, man, I, I love playing against him every time because, again, once the bell rings, I just try to, everything yeah. else is just gone. It is. I can think, wait a second now. I can think of one. <laughs> Adam Hisner. There's a there's a little little bit a little bit of uh, tension between you guys that one time when when uh, he was Adam. yelling nope and then you yelled nope when it went in. I'm telling you, man, yeah, that was classic. That, and, and, Adam, that, and that Adam was toward, about it too. Yeah, and that was toward the end of the match. And you know yeah. it, what triggered that was I was watching him play Brett and Eric that night yeah. before. Of course, and I had heard him yelling the whole weekend. Nope, nope, no. Nope, you know. <laughs> And yeah, whatever. But you know, just you know, they were they were chirping a lot playing Brett and Eric the night before, and yeah, yeah. that pissed me off a little bit. So I was like, yeah, I get a chance to stick it back. I just may do that, and yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved but then, it. I but, then for the, but then the best part of that story, for those who don't know, is that you guys. I mean, after that little little bit of a whatever you want to call it, a little bit of a flare up, whatever. Emotion, emotions were high. You guys ended up sitting next to the plane uh, on the uh, on the plane together. Yeah, it was two. It was two week, two or three weeks after that, we were going to Albany, New York, for the shootout. And yeah, yeah, I got I had a layover somewhere and walk up to get my plane, and there's Adam. <laughs> then we were sitting right next to each other, like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And that was I mean, that all was... good. I mean, we took pictures and because we figured everybody get a kick out of us being together. So, all right, let's have some fun with it. All good. <laughs> yeah, and and that and that's where that's where I have a problem with this because I was thinking to myself, finally, finally, we've got like a rivalry. We got two guys who really want to like go at it, and all of a sudden, you guys are friends again. And we're like, no. Yeah, yeah but uh, but on the boards, when we go to play each other, there's that's that rivalry it. right there. I'm telling you, it's, it's right yeah. there. Don't, don't, Absolutely. Do you, do you I'm friends like, with everybody until we walk up on the board and you got to throw against me. Then yeah. you can. Yeah. You know, <laughs> do you, do you, I mean, Matt, do you, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like the, the sport needs some more emotion and some more rivalries and maybe some more bitterness? Never hurts. I mean, I mean never hurts. Absolutely. Never hurts. Absolutely. Drama is good for business, right? I'm not Absolutely. a big drama guy, but drama is good for business. <laughs> 
I mean, you need. I think I've been saying it for years. I think we need one, maybe two bad guys, if or bad girl. However you want to, how just someone that other people just you know that person has an ability to get on other under other people's skins, and I'm not sure we had that yet. I think Adam has. You know, it's funny talking about Adam. I think he chirps more when they play doubles than when he plays singles. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. And, and, you know, and you, you say that Bernie, um, you know, as I go around, I'm in sales. So I got over 300 customers and nobody likes Adam. <laughs> nobody likes Adam. <laughs> nobody, nobody's a big fan of Cody. Right. Uh, back in the day, Trevor Brooks was a very hated man. Everybody yeah. was telling me. So, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I kind of like it because I think it looks, I mean, from a television perspective, I think that sells, doesn't it? When you've got that one person and you can feel it in the audience that no one likes them. I mean, you can feel well, it. You can almost feel it on TV. Look, there are people that root against you when you're at a tournament because you're Matt Guy, because you're great, not because Matt Guy's an asshole. Correct. Correct. Right? And that's a different kind of thing. I mean, I kind of liked when Trevor Brooks was, you know, everyone was just like hated Trevor Brooks. It was just great. I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what would the WWE like be like without no villains? Nobody would watch it. Right. You know, there's yeah, no, nobody would watch it. <laughs> yeah, there's a bad guy in every sport except Cornhole. We've got to find one. It's, it's, yeah. you, it's you now, Jeff. You're the bad guy. I can't be the bad guy. I suck at Cornhole. Yeah, you and, you and me both, man. I, I, I will never be on – I mean, that is something I will never do. I will never be we'll, on that stage competing against Matt Guy. We'll, we'll, work on, we'll work on getting Sean Latham there. How about that? Yes. Sean Latham go. would love to be the bad guy. Absolutely. There you go. But, no, I mean, is there anything else that, that you think the sport needs? Like, I, I will tell you, I, I loved it. When I first started doing these broadcasts, because it's, it's almost exactly two years ago, so it was just pre-COVID. And they had you guys mic'd up. I know that might be annoying to you guys, but Matt, to have that access and to be able to hear your guys' self-talk, to be able to hear the chatter, to be able to hear a little bit of John going back and forth, I'm telling you, it is gold for the listening audience out there. I mean, it, I agree it with that. Ratings, it's a ratings booster. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits, right? Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm broadcasting a golf matchup, right? And we yeah. joke about it all the time. I'm like channeling my inner Jim Nance. But I want to get back to that energy and, and, and back to everyone kind of talking to each other and talking to themselves. And, and I mean, don't you kind of feel like we need a little bit more of that? Like, I, I, want, I want to hear some more chatter again. It's, it's time yeah. to bring that back. I, I agree. The mic'd up part is, I think it, it adds a new, a new element to the game if you're sitting there watching at home, you know, yeah. it, just to see what the players are saying back and forth. Now, you probably got to bleep out a lot of the yeah. players talking to themselves because, I was, I was gonna <laughs> you know, say, Jeff, I get, Jeff, to, yeah, I, Jeff. Go ahead. I get pretty pissed at myself, so you know, you might, you know, that, and yeah. and again, I've been mic'd up, and I've, you know, I, I've learned. I just whisper it very lightly under my breath. In fact, a quick funny story on that, Jeff. You'll love this. So when I played with Doug Flutie last year in the uh, Super Hole, yeah, and Doug, you know, I practiced with him for three days, and I knew that the one thing he hated was throwing a bag short. He's like, that's <laughs> the one thing I can't stand is just throw a bag short of the board. And it was probably two months after that I seen I seen it on pop up on my phone. I was like, man, I'm gonna watch this again. And I had my earbuds in, right? And I watched it on TV before, and I didn't catch this. But when I had my earbuds in, I caught it. We're playing, we're playing in the finals, and he throws the bag short, and you can hear him go, 
motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I was like, oh, that was great. But when I watched TV? it, yes, when I watched well. it on TV, I could not hear it. But uh, when I watched it on my phone and I had my earbuds in, you could hear him go, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I was like, that. oh, that's great. <laughs> See, yeah. the, thing, the thing is, Jeff, you don't have, when, when our headsets are on, you don't hear the truck. So I'm listening to the truck. So every time someone cusses, they're like, cut the mics. Damn it. Yeah. Just cut them. Cut them. We can't go to air. Cut them. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they- this is a national television broadcast. You can't, you can't have certain words or they'll shut it down. Yeah. I, I, Bernie, I actually never knew they did that because you're oh, right. I'm not. I'm not David's, privy to what David's, David's in the truck cussing at everybody, and he's like, "We got, we can't." Can Bert? Can you go out there and tell him not to cuss? I'm like, "These are grown human beings, man. They're gonna cuss a little bit." I mean, yeah, he's a grown ass man. <laughs> I didn't realize that they cut it like that. They will. They will literally. Wow. They've done it on several occasions. As a matter of fact. There are certain players, once again, I'm not going to name names, that they mic up just for the sheer sake that they're micing up their partner too because they know that mic's turned off. Gotcha. Because they know it's going to be every other word and they know they can't keep them on. Yeah. Oh, I know back in 18 when Brett and Trevor were playing, yeah, oh, they was getting real bad. mouthy. I know yeah. both of those got cut because they, yeah. they were like heated <laughs> mouthy. Yeah, yep. oh, that got bad. Uh, that I bad. love it. I, I just love that, though. I mean, speaking of Doug Flutie, another great moment from that Super Bowl was when Mac Jones was side-by-side. Side and Matt and, and Mac was kind of giving it to Doug a little bit, kind of trash-talking, and Doug wasn't saying a word. And yeah. Mac, finally, Mac finally looks to Doug and says, what's wrong, Doug? We're not even friends anymore? <laughs> and, and people just lost it. It was hilarious because Doug, right. Doug was pissed because yeah. he wasn't playing well at the time. And, and he basically wanted to tell Mac to shut the hell up. <laughs> Doug is competitive. Yep. Yeah. He like me. You know, the bell rings, it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't make it to the NFL at Doug Flutie size without being very competitive. Hey, true that, right? Yeah, true yeah. that. All right. So so Matt, another another thing we like to do on this show is kind of dive back into your past and and uh you know, things that you've overcome, challenges that you've had in your life, your story, your personal journey. We all have different journeys. I mean, Bernie and I have talked about ours, but but yours, uh, y- your journey. I love the story, and I know you've told it a million times, but for those who don't know about driving the bread truck, can can yeah. you just clarify this bread truck story? I mean, did, did you getting interested in cornhole really start because you were driving that truck one day and saw a sign for, for, a, for a cornhole tournament? So, I mean, pre- pretty much. So I was, I was at a party in 1995 in Ross, Ohio, and... We we get there and I'm like, what's this game? And they're like, oh, it's called cornhole. I'm like, okay, what do you do? They said, oh, you just try to slide the bag up in the board into the hole. And you know, told me how the rules and how it worked and everything. I'm like, all right. And that weekend, you know, played it quite a bit. And I'm making like three out of four. And everybody's like, man, get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. <laughs> because I mean, this was 1995, right? Yeah. And I never saw the game again. And then, yeah, I was I was running a bread route on the west side of Cincinnati. And actually where we had an open at this year, the Western Hill Sports Mall. <clears throat> I'm driving past there, heading to Kroger, and I see on their sign, Cornhole Tournament Saturday. And I was like, Cornhole? I remember playing that game at that party, and that was pretty good. So I, <clears throat> I pulled in. After I did Kroger, I went back and pulled in and went and got a flyer. And was like, huh. So I called my brother, who was pretty good at, pretty much everything like I was. I was like, hey, you want to try this out? He's like, sure. So we went over that Saturday. I think we went two and two. We were playing on like quarter-inch boards with brand-new corn bags and 
they were bouncing like five feet in the air when you hit the board. So I wasn't ready for that, but, yeah. but that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the start of the venture for me, you know, and then we, we just played an open here, what a month ago and then 21 years later, <laughs> that's, that's kind of crazy. What do you, what are you speaking of? Like, what do you think about the evolution of bags over time? I mean, like you're talking about there, like playing with corn bags and now, things are getting kind of scientific with the bags and how they're changing the fabrics. And, you know, it's yeah. still a certain size, a certain weight. Do you like that? Or you, would you like it to go back kind of to, you know, the, the old days or do you not care? Just give me a bag. Let me play. I don't care. Give me a bag. It's up to me to throw it how I need to throw it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed the game. I mean, you wouldn't have seen nobody near an 11 PPR back in the day with some of them bags. I can promise <laughs> you that. So the, the bags have definitely changed the game. But, you know, I mean, the way I look at it, guys, is, you know, every sport, you know, has an evolution where the equipment gets better, everything gets better, and it's up to you as the player to adjust to that evolution or stay behind. So I just adjust to it, you know. When Fire came calling and uh, we agreed to be sponsored by them, they hadn't even made a bag yet, you know. And I told Jason, I'm like, oh, dude, I don't care – just make a bag and give it to me. I got to throw it in a hole. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you do? Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left. So what, what do you, we'll have to have you on again. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, yeah, we'll bring you back yeah, again. Yeah, for so, sure. so, so what do you do now? I mean, all of us, all of us had have other jobs. I had to work today. You had to work today. And, and, and so it's, you know, it's, it's a Tuesday night as we're recording this right now. So what, what are your normal days like with your job and what do you do? Uh, so Brett started working with me two weeks ago or four weeks ago. So, you know, my company, I've gotten, I've grown my business. I've gotten too busy for one person. So I talked our owner into hiring Brett to be my assistant, which is great because now he kind of, you know, I'm in sales, so it's kind of flexible to, you know, leave when I need to leave and do what I got to do, but I still got a lot of business to take care of. So I'm in sales. I sell janitorial supplies, toilet paper, paper towels, hand soap, stuff everybody uses every day. Yep. Um, Wearing my shirt here, Stigler Supply Company. <laughs> but, um, you know, my normal day is I'm up probably at 5.45 and me and Brett are meeting at 6.30 in the morning. And I got home at, I think, 5.40. So, you know, almost 12 hours. And that's a pretty normal day for me. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of times I'll go down and try to get an hour or two practicing because I feel like I'm throwing good. I want to keep practicing to keep what I got. So, you know, I'm practicing probably two or three nights a week. Brett, not really. He's not into practicing, and I get that. <laughs> when when I was his age, I felt like I didn't need to practice either. I could go to a tournament, show up, and be great and move along, but I can't do that anymore. I'm too damn old. So what So what does Mrs. Guy say about all this? Does she, does she get a date night once a week? Is she, uh, is she okay <laughs> with you not being in the house? Uh, man, she's been great. <laughs> she's been great from, from day one. So when I – proposed to her way back in the day i was pitching horseshoes yeah. probably two or three weekends a month you know traveling with my dad and i said hey, you know hey look yeah we're getting married but you know i play horseshoes a lot and i'm not planning on changing that so before the rings on your finger i just want you to know that <laughs> yeah. i'm still going to do what i do and man it 20 we just had our 29 year wedding anniversary two weeks ago and it's never been an issue yeah it's never been an issue so my, my my thing's always been, well, I work 60 hours a week, Monday through Friday. I'm gone on weekends. Me and the wife get along great. 
That's awesome. All right, brother. Unfortunately, we gotta we gotta run, but uh hey, we would we would love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it anytime. You guys know that anytime. Yeah. And uh congratulations on the on the great success here early on, and we'll see you we'll see you at a at a tournament soon. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, guys. Be good, Matt. All right, Matt Guy. Great to have <laughs> him on the show finally. And yeah, we'll have to bring him back again. We'll have to bring on his wife, right? Get, get, get the behind the scenes story. Like, what's it really like in a house by yourself? Well, Try I guess the kids are there. Yeah, yeah. Try and corroborate that story. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and we need to have Brett on. No, oh, for sure. Sometime as well, because Brett, Brett's. We got. Uh, look, we're on episode seven. We've got we've got a lot of these to do, man. We've yeah, got a lot of these to do. I thought it was pretty interesting what he said because I, I really did want to ask him about that. And we'll dive more into it some other time with him, though. But uh, you know what it is? It's, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're Tom Brady, you're the greatest of all time, you're Matt Guy, you're the greatest to, you know in your sport. You get to that broadcast court on that final day for the championship, and it's just a different deal. It just is. It is. And I, and I think that's a great lesson. Yeah. You, you've called the matches. I'm sitting there doing my thing at the matches. You can tell certain players – get amped up in a different way to play to play other players. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's players that they all want to play against. And I think that Matt's giving a good lesson there. Hey man, just throw, yep. just, just, just throw with what you see. You don't need to worry about that person to your left or your right. Just, yep. just play your game. You know, the other thing that I want to talk to him about, and we got 10 seconds left. We got to go, but he, he's got a target on his back, Absolutely. you know, and you and I talk about this. If you're Kansas basketball, you're Duke basketball, yeah, you, your Alabama football, you got a target on your back. He's got a target, and yeah. uh, that's that's not easy to deal with either. So, all right, man. Hey, great show. That was fun to catch up with him. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody, for watching.